Well, the title of my message today is Happy is the Mom dot dot dot. We're going to fill in the blank. And you know, it doesn't just apply to mom. Happy is the dad. Happy is the grandparent. Happy is the aunt. Happy is the uncle. And if that doesn't cover your case, happy is the person. Dot, dot, dot. That does these things or knows these things based upon the word of God. You know, for a Christian, happiness should not be a destination. Happy is our life's journey. Walking with the Lord ought to be a happy experience on a daily basis. Too many people have this attitude. Well, I'm going to be happy when I get married. Now, Pastor mentioned we've been married 40 years and most of those years have been happy ones. No, they've all been happy. But I heard a guy did an interview recently. Uh, this couple had been married for 50 years. And so he says, so how long have you been married? And he said, we've been married 50 years and we've been happy about 25. Well, that's not a good testimony. We're supposed to be happy when we're married. But if you're single, you can't put off waiting to be happy until you get married. And then some people get married and they're still not happy. And they say, well, I'm going to be happy when I have a baby. And then they have this little blessing and he's all mixed up and his days are nights and his nights are days. And then they're like, well, I'm going to be happy when this baby sleeps through the night. And then they put it off. Baby starts sleeping through the night. Then they start school and the homework. Oh, Lord Jesus begins and all of that. Well, I'm going to be happy when my kids graduate out of school. And then they're still not happy. Then they get to this point. I'm going to be happy when baby gets a job and moves out of the house. I think I heard the hallelujah chorus on that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway. But no, our happiness is not based on situations. Our happiness is based on this. I've got several points today. Don't be concerned. I don't have a bunch of points and no power. I got points and power. All right. So the first happy is the mom whose God is the Lord. Psalms 144, verse 15, out of the Amplified. Happy and blessed are the people who are in such a case. It doesn't say the people who are a case. You shouldn't be a case. You ought to be in a case. And that case is happy and blessed, fortunate, prosperous, to be envied, are the people whose God is the Lord. Anybody in here serving the Lord? Is God your Lord? Are you happy then? Too many Christians, if you're happy, and I'm not pointing anybody in here, but too many Christians look like they've been sucking on sour persimmons. And if you don't know what a sour persimmon is, it's not a tasty fruit. I don't like ripe persimmons, but 
ones that aren't ripe are sour. We had these things on our property on our farm growing up as kids, green persimmons. And we used to have city cousins that would come all the way from Bakersfield, the big city. I have a lot of relatives in Bakersfield. And we would do mean things to them. And one thing was to tell them this was the best thing they were ever going to eat and get them to bite into a green persimmon. Y'all saw Ricky the other night. Ricky and I were pretty close in age. I was the youngest daughter, and then he was right after me. And what he didn't think of, I did. And it was not good. It was not a good combo. But anyhow, we got them to bite into these green persimmons. Anybody ever bitten into one? You will pucker for days. Like this. And no matter what you eat or drink, you can't get that taste out of your mouth. Sour. A sour look on your face. So anyhow, as Christians, we should not be sucking on sour persimmons. Happy, happy, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So I ask you again, are you happy? Little bit weak. Are you happy? Woo. All right. Maybe I should ask your family and your friends that question. Y'all have heard of Joel Osteen. Well, his father, John Osteen, has been in heaven for many years, but he was an amazing man of God, great pastor, such a wonderful sense of humor. And uh, someone asked him one time, Pastor Osteen, do you ever wake up grumpy? And his response was, no, I usually let her sleep. Now, Pastor Osteen and his beautiful wife, Dodie, they had a wonderful relationship, but it was great. They would just tease each other during church, and it was just classic to watch them interact. They loved each other so much, but that was a good response. No, I usually let her sleep. And I hopefully your husband or your wife wouldn't say that about you. We're happy. Everybody say, I'm happy. Now, listen to these definitions of happy. Suggest a feeling of great pleasure or contentment. Are you content? That's been happy. You know, if you're always saying, I wish I had what they had, or I wish I lived in a better house or had a better car and all of this stuff, you'll, you'll miss the opportunity to be happy right where you're at, to be content in the state Where you're at. The Apostle Paul said that. And it didn't mean be content in the state of California. It means be content in wherever you are in life. Always pressing to grow in God. There's nothing wrong with using your faith and believing to have more. But life is a journey. Enjoy the trip. And don't wait till tomorrow to be happy. We can be happy right now. And then this definition, favored by circumstances. You know what? It's pretty easy to be happy, to be content. All the bills are paid. Your mate's been nice. The job's going great. The kids are getting above average grades in school. The dog is even obeying. That's when the world says that they'll be happy. But for a believer... Our happiness has nothing to do with the circumstances we find ourselves in. That one definition, it said favored by circumstances. 
This came to me yesterday as I was reading that definition. Circumstances are not always favorable, but for the believer, we always have favor. Circumstances are not always favorable, but for the believer, we always have favor. Woohoo! That's something to shout about, isn't it? Leads me to my second point. Happy is the mom, happy is the person who knows they have favor, the favor of God. Psalms 5.12. Y'all know this verse. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? If you aren't sure, you need to know that you are if you're born again. What's he going to bless the righteous with? With favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Woohoo! That is good news. Because listen to this. I looked up the word shield. Any person or thing that guards, protects, and defends. Real popular movie right now, The Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, guess what? We got something greater than Groot and Rocket and all these little characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. We got the shield of faith. Pastor pointed out to me, he saw this during the first service, that shield, it pierces or it hooks or it barbs. It is a protective force field. Around us. Talk about an invisible force field. People come at you. They attack you. Try to get you fired at your job. Boom. They run into something. They run into this wall. They're not flat on their face. They get up and they say, what was that? Your response ought to be, oh, you just hit one of my two shields. I got two of them. I got the shield of faith and I got the shield of favor surrounding me. You come at me, you're coming at God because I'm one of his favorites. Hallelujah. Woo! I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You mess with me, you're messing with him. Guess what, Boudreaux, if I were you, I wouldn't mess with me. And you probably shouldn't mess with my kids either. There's nothing that will rile a mama up more than somebody talking trash about her babies. Or being mean to her babies. Can I get a witness? Our attitude ought to be this. I got the shield of faith. I got the shield of favor. And I got the sword of the spirit. And I know how to use it. Don't mess with me and don't mess with my kids. You know what? That makes me happy knowing I'm surrounded with a shield of Favor just makes me want to burst out in song. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. I sing because his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he's watching over me. He's watching over me. He's watching over my babies. Hallelujah. Woo! I got the 
behind me. The force of God. Hallelujah. I got the power of the Holy Ghost working in my life. Hallelujah. And then thirdly, happy is the mom who knows she's blessed of the Lord. We already read that scripture that said that we are happy and we're blessed when we know the Lord. But I want to center in on it. We know we are blessed of the Lord. Do you know that? He's blessed us. He's made us the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Glory to God, the greater one lives on the inside of us. I found this passage recently and I liked it out of the message. Jeremiah 17 verse 7 and 8 in the message translation. We're talking about happy is the mom who knows she's blessed. But blessed is the man who trusts me. God. And then look at that. The woman who sticks with God. Woo! What's that old commercial? I'm stuck on band-aids and band-aids are stuck on me. Well, listen. God is stuck on you. Are you stuck on him? His grip on your life and your children, his grip won't slip. Hallelujah. Woo. And that ought to be our attitude. Ha <laughs> ha. wherever I go, God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. There's no pit too deep. There's no test. There's no trial of the devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah. Woo. He's stuck to me and I am stuck to him. Glory be to God. That's a blessed woman. That's a blessed person that knows God is blessing them. God is with them. The rest of that verse, they're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers. Never dropping a leaf. Serene and calm through droughts. Bearing fresh fruit every season. Hallelujah. Bearing fruit every season. This lets us know here. You know what? Hot times are going to come. Tests and trials are going to come. Have you ever faced some hard times in raising your children? Of course. But this tells us right here. Same conditions. Heat and drought. Different response. Different results. Because a woman who does know her God puts her roots down near the river. Woo! You and I ought to be river people. Hallelujah. Drawing our strength, drawing our wisdom, our very life from the river of life. Hallelujah. And when we are planted by the river of life, guess what? We're not going to be dropping any leaves. We're not going to be experiencing any drooping and dragging and nagging and sagging and all that stuff. Woo! What we're going to have is serene and calm. And we're going to bear fruit in every season. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. That's been blessed. Full of peace. Full of serene calm. Not operating from fear. You know, fear is the opposite of faith. You know what fear does? Fear robs you of your faith. Fear steals your joy. Fear silences your laughter. Fear is a tangible force that will contaminate the very atmosphere of our homes. That's why pastors exhorting us to speak the word. Because the word of God is life. Hallelujah. When you speak the word, you're speaking life. How about we choose life instead of death? The Bible gives us a great exhortation along those lines. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. It's like you're on the witness end. And the Holy Ghost is saying, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Which one are you going to choose? He gives us a clue. Guess what, guys? It's better to choose life. When you choose life in every area, speaking, living, acting out on the word of God, you're choosing life. And what's going to happen? It's going to bring life to you and your descendants. Our choices in life. Blessing or cursing, death or life, not only affect us, but they affect our children. And one of the biggest ways that life is or death is presented is through our words. I want to encourage you, speak words of life. You know what they do? Words of set spiritual laws into motion they create an atmosphere in our very homes i encourage you to speak uplifting words i know it's hard all the time (laughs) nobody lives up to this all the time we're pressing to do our best but boy i remember when our boys were little and homework time i don't know like they just always needed me to assist them and many times I'd get so frustrated, I would do it. I mean, I have, I'll just tell you the truth. I would just do their homework so we could be done. I know one time I wrote a paper for John. I mean, I was just, this is not how you parent. He got an A, but the little comment was, this is pretty advanced for whatever grade he was in. Yes, it was. But thank God we were done before 10 o'clock at night. But anyhow. So I understand. There's times when you just want to say. If I only had a brain. You want to look at him sometimes and say. How many times I got to tell you this? And you want to. You're tempted to say. Are you stupid? Are you dumb? Or, you know, in math, I was always really good in math. But, you know, by his own testimony, pastor had issues in school. (laughs) 
Math wasn't one of his better grades. So, you know, oh, I remember trying to learn the multiplication facts. Oh, my gosh, with John. And he just wasn't getting it. One day I was so frustrated, you know, I'm like, oh, you must have got your father's gene. <laughs> Math is not coming easily here. Help me, Jesus. <clears throat> So we all have those days when we want to speak words that are not producing life. But it wasn't a way of life in our home. We didn't tell our kids, you're losers. You're never going to amount to anything. You know, you have to speak words of life. Whether it looks like it or not. I am so thankful for my parents, particularly my dad. He had the most amazing outlook on life. He loved God and he loved his family. He was such an encourager. He would tell us all the time, you are not inferior to anyone. You're certainly not better than anyone, but you can go anywhere and you can do anything in life that God calls you to do. And even though we had that education in that one room schoolhouse, Ricky has more challenge with the English language than even I do. But God, but God, it was instilled in us from our parents that you can do this. You and God will always triumph in life. One of the first scriptures I remember learning and memorizing and saying it over and over to myself was Philippians 4.13. If you have not taught that to your children or your grandchildren, I tell it to Olivia when she's having challenges. You know what it says? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it with me again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the Amplified, it says, I am ready for anything, equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I can remember in school, you know, I I really was. A good student. There was like 60 some kids in my class. And I graduated six. Pat me on the back. (laughs) Good, good girl. Good student. (laughs) But I can remember sitting in the classroom. Getting ready to take a test. I studied. You know, you can't say bring all things to my remembrance. If you didn't remember anything. (laughs) But I would sit in a classroom. Say, okay, Lord. I ask you to help me. I study, bring this to my remembrance. And then under my breath, over and over, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he helped me as a teenager. Let your kids know that. They're not in any situation by themselves. They can be infused with inner strength. Hallelujah. And they're equal to anything and everything that comes their way because of who lives On the inside of them. Amen. Woo, I like that one. Did you like that one? Happy and blessed is the family who hides the word of God in their hearts. Then number four. Happy is the mom who trusts in the Lord. We've already been talking about this, but we're going to reiterate it. People, relationships, 401k, your job, 
They're not a secure place to put your trust. In this shaky world that we live in and the economy, we can't trust in anything and anyone except God. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us in Psalms 20, verse 7. This is what the word says here. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. I'm thankful that we don't have to trust in a chariot and in a horse. I'm glad I didn't come down 880 this morning in a horse and a chariot. But this is just telling us, don't trust in the arm of the flesh. Don't trust in your possessions. Maybe these people had the fastest horse and the best chariot of the time. But he's saying, don't trust in natural things to get you where you need to go. What are you supposed to trust in? Remember the name of the Lord our God. Remember, bring to remembrance by speaking his name. How about we do it? Let's lift our hands and say Jesus three times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about his name. There's power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it makes me happy that I can trust in him. And I know I can utter his name. I trust in the name of the Lord. And when I need to come to the throne room of grace, all I have to say is Jesus, Jesus. And I've got immediate entrance. Hallelujah. Trusting comes from knowing a person. Isn't that right? I trust Pastor Mark with all of my heart. Because I know he loves me. I know he cherishes me. I know that he's watching over me. He's very protective about keeping me safe and our home safe. I know that he would never intentionally hurt me and then say, I just did that to teach you a lesson. No, I'm fully persuaded and I'm confident and I am secure in his love for me. How much more should we feel that way about our heavenly father? He loves us. He can be trusted. He can be depended upon. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 7. This is who we are to trust. We're not going to lean on or trust in and be... No, we are going to lean on. I'm sorry. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in who? The Lord. All of your heart, mind, and do not rely... On your own insight or your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. And then what's going to happen when we're trusting Him? When we're acknowledging Him, what's going to happen? He will direct and He will make straight and plain your path. 
pass. Hallelujah. When we're acknowledging him and recognizing him, guess what? We will be led by the spirit of God. For as many as are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. He will open your eyes. He will alert you to things that you need to know. He'll keep you safe. He'll keep your family safe. If you every day get up and say, Lord, I'm acknowledging you. This is the day that you have made. And I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to put you first. I'm declaring, Jesus, you are Lord. You're Lord over my life, over my family, over this day. Just take a few moments to acknowledge him. And then verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes, but reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Moms, women in general, tend to be fixers. You ever see somebody you wanted to fix? You know, there's a real popular show on the HGTV, I think it is. It's the Fixer Uppers. Chip and Joanne Gaines out of Waco, Texas. They're fun to watch. But what do they do? They take these old houses and they fix them up. Let me just tell you that God is not starting a new show on God TV called Fixer Upper. And he's asking you to star in it and fix everybody up. He doesn't need our help. You know, this says we're supposed to trust in the Lord and not rely on our own insight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. It's not telling us that we can trust him with our affairs, with our lives. But when it comes to our kids, mm, we got to hold the reins. We got to give them the direction that they need. Years ago, when John and Lindy, they were first married, they were married in 2000. They were really, they were just kids, just 21 years old. But they worked for us for four years. And I was happy. They lived like five minutes from the house. And they were kids, so they still, you know, came around quite a bit for food. It was like any time I cooked a meal, he could smell it. You know, they lived 10 minutes away. But but I liked it. I liked having them here. So one day, because John knew it would be challenging for his mama. So one day he came and sat down in my office. And he said, Mom, I have to talk to you about something. And he said... Lindy and I have been praying, and we're really feeling like we're supposed to move to Southern California. And then he said this. He said, the Holy Ghost, I believe, is leading us. And out of my mouth, I said, John, you don't need the Holy Ghost. You have a mom. (laughs) Not proud of it. But you know what? It took me a while to deny it. I was just like, let's just leave it there, John. Just just consider that. But you know what? We as parents, we can't say, Lord, I trust you. I'm acknowledging you. You're directing my path. But when it comes to my kids, even though they are adults, I'm going to hold the reins and I will tell them where to go and where to live and where to work. No, when our kids are little, when they're toddlers, when they're adolescents, when they're teenagers, dear God, when they're teenagers, they need our help. 
They need our instruction. They need our direction. They need our correction. But as they get older, we got to let them go. We got to say, okay, I've taught you the word. You're full of the spirit. I'm going to trust the Lord on the inside of you to direct your paths. Doesn't the Bible tell us, it tells us over in Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs 22, 6, I'll just quote it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you don't train them, they might get on the wrong train. And you don't want them getting on the midnight train to Georgia. I don't know all the words to that, but you know, pastor could sing it. It's probably not the right train. You got to train them so they get on the right train that leads them to the path that God has prepared for them. Amen. Let them go. <laughs> and then this, the last point. Happy is the mom who puts her kids in the capable hands of the Lord. We've already talked about happy is the mom who trusts the Lord. Do you trust him? You trust him with your life? Then you got to trust him with your kids' lives. 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxiety, all your worries, All your concerns. Every once in a while? No. Once and for all. On who? On him. For he cares for you affectionately. And he cares about you watchfully. God wants us to cast everything. Everything that's going on in our lives. Every person in our lives. I know it's a temptation to worry, to get concerned. Your kids are out maybe all night and they're doing things you know they shouldn't be doing. But it's the wrong thing to lay awake at night and worry about them. I just heard the Spirit of God between services say this. Stop worrying. Stop nagging. Start trusting. Start resting. And watch me turn their hearts. Watch me do exceedingly abundantly above your highest prayers. Did you get that? Two stops, two starts, and two watch. Watch me be God in their lives. We may not know what the future holds. We're living in an interesting day. We may not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And he that holds the future, he's got the whole world in the palm of his hand. If his hands are big enough to uphold the world and uphold all things by the word of his power, his everlasting hands, his everlasting arms are big enough to uphold you and your family. That will keep him 
in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Instead, lean into me. Lean back into my everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Safe and secure from all that would harm. Woo! I'm thankful. I can trust him. I can trust him with my children. I can trust him with my grandchildren. You can trust him with your career. You can trust him with your family. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today. Don't worry. Be happy. Do some casting if you need to. I know that 250 pound baby is a heavy load to carry around. You weren't designed to carry them when they get to be 250 pounds. When they start out in life, you got to carry them because they can't walk. But when they're adults, when they're teenagers, you got to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to cast my baby over on you and you should not have the attitude I can handle it no you can't we're not designed to handle cares we're not designed to carry people around when you're not supposed to handle it you're supposed to leave it leave it with him and I can just hear some of you saying, but I made so many I made so many mistakes. Perhaps you weren't born again when your kids were little. And you wish you could go back and undo and redo. It'd be awesome as parents if we could get a redo. All of us have done things that we regret. But we can't. So stop allowing the devil. To beat you up over it. Even if you weren't born again. And perhaps you were born again. And you still did things that you regret. The Lord is saying this today. Stop stewing over it. You've asked me to forgive you. I forgive you. I have forgotten it. You need to forget it too. And you need to have faith. In my mercy. My mercy is hovering over those kids. Don't get in fear. Don't get in worry. Cast the care on me. Enter into rest. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, you continue to use your faith. But there is a rest in faith. It's not a works. It's not being wise in your own eyes and saying, I'm going to fix this. No. Saying, Lord, thank you for your peace and turning this situation around. Between services, the Lord quickened this scripture to me and we're going to close with this. I didn't give this to the guys up there, but it's Zephaniah 317 out of the Amplified. And I want you to just listen. Zephaniah 317 out of the Amplified. You can just listen. The Lord your God is in the midst of you. He is a mighty one. A savior who saves. Uh 
This came up so big in my heart. He will rejoice over you. And then the last part says, he will rest in silent satisfaction in his love. He will be silent. And listen to this. Because he loves you so much, he will not make mention of your past sins, your past failures, your past mistakes, maybe in parenting. He won't even recall them. And look at this last phrase. But he will exalt over you with singing. Is that a happy word? That's a happy word. That makes me happy. I'm going to rest in his love for me. He's not even going to mention where I missed it. Hallelujah. But he's going to just be singing and rejoicing over me because he loves me that much. Hallelujah.